Person, one president, one bishop. I mean, isn't right, it make but a difference? Unless they have the 
influence over millions. So that if a million people, if they wrote in and protested, that same one million have subscriptions to Netflix, if they cancel their subscription, that might be enough to do it. Well, we'll, t we'll see, time will tell, but I suspect that even though 1.3 million people um, signed a petition, I, I doubt seriously if it's gonna go anywhere. I might be wrong. Yeah, I guess we have to research and find out what the status is. Another article came from ChristianHeadlines.com and it's about a 79-year-old man who was beaten on a New York subway for preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear people that are uh, preaching the gospel and, you know, some are loud and, you know, in your face and, and stuff. But uh, this article says an elderly man was preaching the gospel, gospel and he was seriously injured on a New York subway when a woman attacked him with her stiletto heel. Oh. He didn't say anything to hurt anyone. He wasn't even loud. You could barely hear him talk. But this is what he got in return, said an Instagram user who recorded the incident, according to CBS2 New York. Police say the 79-year-old man was riding on the southbound 2 train near Times Square on October 24th when the attack happened. The man stood in the middle of the aisle with a Bible and shared his faith. But a woman who has yet to be identified walked up to him and started to scream. The confrontation increased quickly and she took off her heel and beat the man. The attack left a gash on his head and took 30 stitches to close. The aftermath of the attack was caught on video and showed the elderly man in shock. A passenger asked him to sit and helped him with his wounds. Shouting can be heard in the background. According to the Instagram user, the attack occurred by a transgender woman. This old man right here was just singing some gospel songs and sharing the word of God to people on the train. So a transgender say, woman, I, I'm so confused now with the way things are. Does it mean it's a man that's trying to transgender to a woman or a woman that's trying to transgender to a man? I think it's a, tra when it's a transgender woman. It's a man trying to make a transition is, to a woman. Which is probably why the wound was so uh, serious, because it was a man that he was beating on. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it was a man that was attacking him. But anyway, uh, they said that he didn't say anything to hurt anyone. He wasn't even loud, and you could barely hear him talk, but this is what he got in return from a transgendered lady who hit him on the head with her heels. With, yeah. Threw his Bible away. And no one didn't, no one did anything. Well, they usually don't. To help him, but to look at this old man bleed, the post said, it just so, it's just so annoying because this old man was far away from her. I was just so mad, I felt I needed to do something to help him because he was bleeding too much. The woman fled the subway after the attack and the injured man was treated at the so, NYU. So was I, so this guy dressed in drag, really, essentially what we're saying, attacked this elderly person, fled the subway, and then if they dressed in men's clothing, you would not be able to identify the person because he's a guy. You know, and so it's, it's, it's terrible, but in New York they won't. They will watch you get shipped and they will not. Some of them won't even look up from their paper or their phone. This woman was actually tossed out of her wheelchair and they just sat there, but finally, after, not while she was being tossed out of the wheelchair, but after.
them individual tossed her onto the floor and left off of the train. Then they got up and followed him. And it was a group of people. They still couldn't hold him down, but they got a wheelchair back, you know. But I don't know if they ever caught that person. Just like I don't think they ever catch this guy who beat this elderly person. Unless somebody no. recognizes him and turns him in. No, actually it says New York PD's Crime Stoppers encouraged anyone who might have information on the attack to call their hotline. And see the word condemned them, even though the guy... And then t tips can be also sent by tweeting the New York Police Department. Right, even though this, this elderly person wasn't loud, was talking in a calm, subdued voice, the word convicted that individual until that, that demonic spirit, his attitude, uh, and his hatred for the word, you know, turned into violence. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a better story here. And, and I've seen this on the internet all over the place, you know, not just any one website, but this particular um, article that I copied is from Faithwire. And it says that despite enduring more trials and tribulations than most of us will experience in our entire lifetime, Texas youngster Jonah insists on being relentlessly optimistic. The spirited 12-year-old made quite the impression on local Dallas TV station when he appeared on their Wednesday's Child segment in a full three-piece suit. The network's short features aim to highlight the stories of foster children who are seeking after an adoptive home. And it says, I am a person who likes to uplift people. This sounds like a little man here, <laughs> Jonah told the station. The golden rule is treat somebody the way you would like to be treated. And the article says, mature beyond his years, the inspiring young man said he desired to have knowledge and wisdom and opened up about how his faith in God has helped him get through the suffering of his past. He's brought me through many, many things. As far as abuse before I came into CPS, that must be this... Uh, Child Protective Services. Mm -hmm. He's brought me through a lot overall, he said. As for now, he has coped with four years in foster care. Jonah said he adopts a ruthlessly positive mindset that is rooted in his Christian faith. Waking me up this morning, you know what I mean? Starting me on my way, I'm in my right mind, I know what I'm doing, I know who I am, and I'm proud of the person that I am, he said. <laughs> and he's no slouch in the classroom either. I am an honor roll student, Jonah explained. When I am in school, I focus. I got an award last year for being a multitasker. As for finding a forever home, the astonishingly poised young man is assured that the right family is just around the corner. The reason why I want to be adopted is because I know there's a family out there that fits me in the best possible way that they can, he said. So closing the segment, the reporter commended Jonah to prospective families and wished him well for the future. No, you don't meet, meet a kid like this every day, which is why the parents who adopt him will be one lucky family. So we don't know whether or not he... Well, he this was just posted, just recently posted, so I hope he gets a forever home. Yes, I do too. Now, it's only maybe, I don't know how many days, more than just over seven days before Christmas. Or not. Just 
10 days, about 10 days. No, by the time you hear this, I think it's only going to be maybe three days before Christmas. And you know, people are stressed. People get stressed over the holidays. And this article... Yeah, and you can tell because they're acting out already. <laughs> ...that came from Charisma News um, is giving tips on how to de-stress and be merry this Christmas. Everybody's got, you know, something idea or suggestion that they can give a person, you know, because the stress comes from all the planning, all the shopping, all the baking, all the traveling, you know, all the things you got to do, all the things that people think make the holiday joyful. But just like that little boy, you know, who's looking for a forever home, you know, what makes a person joyful is what God does for you. Right. You have, you have your right mind. You have the activity of your limbs. You hit your, you know, you, you're taken through a lot, all your tests and your trials. But holidays can bring on the most stress or anxiety that we've ever felt throughout the year. And, um, you know, it affects you socially, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, and, you know, just every way possible. So, the first thing is it's impossible to meet perfection. It's impossible. There are so many things to accomplish during the holidays, such as, so people do, I don't do anything. Right. <laughs> I don't do, I don't decorate, I don't go shopping, I don't, I know. maybe I, I, I do a little cooking, not too much. I have to remind myself that there's a major holiday coming. I don't have an ugly sweater. That I wear. I, I, I'm not on social media. You know, I can get some frosted flakes. And everybody tells you magazines, social media, TV. They, you know, they all have their ideas on how you can. But the reality check is no one is perfect. No one is perfect. And most of us do not find the perfect gift for everyone on our list. Which to me is, uh, in and of itself, something that, I don't know, it's just like, it's contradictory. I mean, so you're looking for gifts. I, I know people comparing, they're comparing price tags, you know, and some people are even bold enough to because they don't like it or that you know that they don't like it. You got them. You might have spent your time, you know, agonizing over what to give a person and they don't appreciate it. I think the custom is just, I don't know, I, don't, I think it's a, a selfish custom. That's what I think of it as being. Mm. I don't know. Find joy in making priorities special. And it says, for example, if mashed potatoes are on the menu, I, are the one menu item you're looking forward to the most, focus on making that mashed potatoes to be the best it can uh, be. This is what it says from uh, Charisma News. Man, I can't see it. I can't see you. I don't make going through the whole year, you know, just to freak out. <laughs> And as the holiday wow. invitations begin to come in, you may feel overwhelmed uh, as the white space quickly disappears on your calendar. I just think that they lost the meaning of Christmas. I mean, they're doing all this, agonizing all over these secular things. They should, they should, like Laura said, they should take the time to consider, consider their ways, consider what in the world am I, am I doing? Why am I doing this? To me, that list. To, it's for people who are enjoying the secular part of the holidays, not giving God the glory, not giving God the praise. It says budget breakdown, merchandise, sadly Christmas has been commercialized 
and there are so many things we can buy. Opportunities and goodwill abound. Overspending can still cause financial stress and family arguments. When setting a budget, start by writing down your monthly income, your monthly expenses, then determine how much. Well, you know, that's what easy. The gift of your time. You need somebody. You know somebody uh, that needs something. Yeah, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> my budget, my budget to, is zero. If you have to give the gift of your time, you know somebody needs help doing something. Well, I figure they should be helping. The they should be doing that throughout the year. You just wait till Christmas. They always go to the store for you. I think I think it's silly. Control and chaos. Some things will inevitably be out of your control, and it may feel chaotic. As with all things, we can look to God for support and guidance, especially when things look uncertain and fright frightening. Remember, God desires a relationship with you. He longs for you to lean on him through all circumstances. Yeah, and that's the first thing that makes sense. I know. They threw it in at the last minute and said, hey, whoa, whoa, wait, we better say something about the Lord here. <laughs> I, just, I, I just think that. No, it's not the last one on the list. <laughs> Next to the last one. <laughs> when the holidays seem particularly overwhelming, take time to pray. Listen to worship music. Do whatever it takes to connect with your Heavenly Father. Remember that even with all things Jesus had to do, he did not neglect his relationship with his Father. And then the next item is find, finding feelings. It might sound silly, but especially during the holidays when we're supposed to be married, many people put on a mask and hide their feelings. It's normal and okay to have other feelings during the holidays, even if you are less cheerful. Because I was stressed out. I mean, they, they just said, you know, you're stressed, you're in a financial bind, things are, you're, things are hectic, and, and I don't know. I just think that the two suggestions that it gave, to get closer to the Lord, to pray, to acknowledge God, that will bring you peace, and it will, it will actually have you focus on the true meaning of Christmas. Well, it goes on to say, look for opportunities to volunteer. Volunteering is a chance to reduce loneliness and build community, but also helps the place to place your focus on someone else. You can find joy, purpose, and a sense of fulfillment by using your God-given talents to help others. But like you said, you should be doing that every day. Right. And then work it out, meaning exercise. Yeah. Exercise is a natural source. Well, I guess if you're going to be eating like a hog, I guess you should. <laughs> exercise and stay consistent despite the chaos of the holidays try to keep some areas of your life consistent think about the daily rituals that form your routine instead of trying to do everything pick a few things that you can come back to each day or week and return to a routine that that will help you feel more like yourself and finally your gift this Christmas, give yourself the gift of less stress. Lower the holiday expectations. Things won't always be perfect, so don't be too hard on yourself. Life is not an accident. Rest in God, knowing he is in control, and you can trust him. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Okay. Well, we all know what we should be doing anyway. Everybody ought to be. Now, I got an article here about a Catholic priest that um, preached a, a young man's funeral. And now his mom is suing the priest, the Catholic priest. 
The a Michigan mother is suing the Archdiocese of De Detroit, alleging that the priest who spoke at her son's funeral questioned whether her son would be going to heaven after dying by suicide. And she said that added to the family's suffering, um, she met the priest with her husband, and um, and they planned the funeral and the services for their 18-year-old. He was a straight-A student, outstanding athlete, and he died on December 4th. But according to the complaint filed in Wayne County, the parents um, said to the priest, they wanted the priest to deliver a positive and uplifting message that celebrated the life of their son. We wanted to celebrate how he lived and not how he died. And instead, he used his homily at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church to insert his opinions on suicide, questioning the teen, whether the teen would go to heaven. He was up there condemning our son, pretty much calling him a sinner. He wondered if he had repented enough to make it to heaven. He said suicide upwards to six times. According to the lawsuit, the family had not disclosed the nature of the teen's death to the priest. Um, the so, father told the free press that at one point he even walked up to the priest and said, Father, please stop. But the pastor continued with his statement. And they feel like no parent or sibling or family member should ever, ever have to sit through what we sat. When you're already beyond devastated, why would you want to make it worse? So they decided to sue. Yeah, I'm wondering if... The Archdiocese said that it does not comment on pending litigation and referred, its, uh, referred to its statement on the priest's actions. In that statement, the Archdiocese said it acknowledged that the family was hurt further by the father's choice to share the church's teaching on suicide when the emphasis should have been placed more on God's closeness to those who mourn. Well, I guess they're saying he, he, he basically made, he, his focus was, was in the wrong place, but I'm thinking he probably was torn in his conscience. He probably could not give an uplifting uh, eulogy. He probably could not bring himself to, to give an uplifting sermon because in his mind, suicide was something that's serious. And I'm thinking, knowing that the individual was having the service in a Catholic church, they, they should have, in a sense, braced themselves for the possibility that they would take a turn. I, I'm thinking that they asked the priest to do something that he wasn't capable of doing, but he should have then declined to officiate the service. He should have said no. Well, death by suicide is, is a sin, according to the Catholic Church and many other churches right. and denominations. Now, they wanted the, um, the mother wanted the priest to be removed, period. No. But church officials believe that um, what he did was wrong, but they did not remove him. Well, I can't even see, well, wrong in the sense that he wasn't being... I would say insensitive. Right, he was insensitive, but to actually give the teachings of the church, how can he be wrong in that sense? He was just yeah, not considerate of the feelings of others, but then again, they weren't considerate of his to ask him to deliver an uplifting uh, service for something that he considers to be a mortal sin. Yeah, and we don't know all the, the whole conversation 
we don't know the entire conversation between the parents and the priest. Well, one thing the church probably knows is I never had him preaching a funeral. They said, well, we knew not to go to him. I wouldn't, because I wouldn't know what he would come up with. So if someone sent this to me, this article to me, and it came from the website teachfortheheart.com, teach number four, theheart.com. And it's an article on how to share your faith in the public schools, because I think a lot of teachers, a lot of people who work in the public schools, feel like their hands are tied. They cannot mention the Lord, they can't mention the scripture, they can't mention church, they can't mention, they can't mention anything. Right. You can't spank the children, you can't touch the children. Right. Yeah, exactly. So this article says it's not, this article is not meant as legal advice, it's purely the thoughts and opinions of an individual. And um, and if you uh, need advice, then you should seek legal professional help. You know what you should and shouldn't do. So when they this person shared the post, should teachers leave their faith at home? The individual got some interesting responses. We all know that the secular world does not want Christians to share their faith, but I was somewhat saddened that so many Christian public school teachers seem to agree maintaining that religion has no place in the classroom. That's nuts. Others, however, wanted to know exactly what they, how they could share their faith in the public school. And, you know, he found out that this was a pretty tough question, and, and he, um, so he had to think about it and discuss it with some public school teachers and realize the answer isn't quite as difficult as he thought. So, before we get into this, um, you know, maybe you could think about it until the next program. I don't know how much time we're going to have. We obviously won't have enough time to finish this whole thing. But right. they do give some good examples. Right. And because you can't leave your religion at home. That's crazy. No, that's just ridiculous. So we'll continue next week with this. Yes. Praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from 1 Thessalonians 4 and 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness, which means that you can live holy every day. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, from where do you get your strength? And the answer is, from the joy of the Lord. And that can be found in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, which reads, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This week's food for thought is when does your joy come? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought. <laughs>